HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Heritage Foods USA, the nation's largest distributor of heritage breed pigs and turkeys. For more information, visit heritagefoodsusa.com. Hey, what's up? This is Jack Inslee, host of Full Service Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this show, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello and welcome to Cutting the Curd, broadcasting live in the Heritage Radio Network. This is your host, Greg Blaze, and today we'll be continuing continuing what is thankfully becoming an annual episode about the Daphne Zeppos Teaching Award winners current and past, and the award itself. Uh, I've got a couple guests with me on the lines today uh, that fit that criteria. I've got uh, the 2014 winner, Emily Sharton, on one line. How are you, Emily? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I'm very good, very good. Always nice to have you on board. Um, I have another Emily with me in the studio, Emily Acosta, who produces the show hi guys so um we're gonna have to keep you all separated i will uh refer to you all by appropriate emily-ness um and on the other line i've got tom perry cheese man extraordinaire for potash market in chicago congratulations tom you are the 2015 dzta winner how are you doing I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I was lucky enough to run into Tom at the ACS after he received his award, but I was physically and emotionally drained from that. Uh, so I want to apologize for my lethargic behavior at the uh, Festival of Cheese. I have been in that room all day setting up cheese, but um, I came back to the East Coast, you know, got a blood transfusion and a couple of other you know procedures, and I'm... Uh, I'm ready to go. Um, so hopefully I'll have a little bit more better energy for you today. Um, thanks for your time, Tom. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Um, oh, oh, yeah. I wanted to talk just a tiny bit about the DZTA uh, before we got started. I'm, I'm really lucky. Uh, I've seen all three uh, the, of, the, of the awards given out, and I, I was at the event, um, the DZTA event, um, when talking with a with a guy with Mo Frechette, who's just this awesome guy that you guys know, uh, but I'm, and uh, who's just a behind the scenes guy that is the president of the board, uh, the, the DCTA board raises all the money or helps to raise all the money, and we were just talking about how really great it is that this award is perpetuating itself, you know, and how it's it's 
it's gotten you know it's saw the first the first you know gal jess perry was the pioneer and then there was emily and now there's you and uh i'm just really happy um, and inspired by that by that and that this award is is you know it just keeps going and you know and then I'm really, um, I really hope you know that you uh, that you really make the most of it, um, and uh, I'm sure you, uh, I'm sure you're pretty stoked, Tom, to get the award. I, I am incredibly excited. Uh, it's it, it's been a crazy well a month because I learned about it just uh, about a month before ACS. Uh, it's it's been an incredible ride, uh, uh, and you know partly because of the fact that it's Daphne, and partly because of the fact that you know just who's involved. So many people have just been so generous with what they've been offering in, in terms of information and in terms of uh, activities and ways to further uh, my vision. It's pretty awesome. Now, when we're going to come back, I want to talk to you uh, probably in the second half of our show at length about, about your plans for the future. But um, I want to talk to uh, Miss Miss Sharton for a moment first, um, and uh, you know she as she's the ra- was the reigning champ, you know of uh, or the not the champ, you know the 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 last scholarship winner, um, and I wanted to 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 get a recap of your uh, of your experience. I remember when we talked last year about this time. I was I was listening to the episode, and I and you were uh, you were a little bit uncertain. You uh, right. I was pushing you for plans, and you didn't have any at the time. Uh, I but that. I assume that. All worked itself out, right? <laughs> it did, yes, yeah, um, yeah. It's been it has been an amazing year, a very full year. Um, you know, I, I have worked on this project pretty much since since that time that we talked. Um, the uh, the actual trip that I went on uh, lasted for about six weeks uh, in uh, the months of April and uh, into May. Uh, my project, uh, you know, I I looked at. Um, I guess the easiest way to describe it is affinage, but yeah. I was um, I was sort of mostly interested at first in uh, you know in shops in Europe that had their own caves. In other words, cheesemongers you know that were doing this work themselves, or you know a, a part of this work. Sure. Um, it kind of grew to include you, you know more uh, you know more intensive affinors. I, I spent some time at uh, Marcel Petit. Uh, I spent a lot of time at Mons, uh, at Picard, which is a Reblochon Affinor in the Haute Savoie. Um, you know, but ultimately kind of looking at this whole this whole system basically of, of cheese getting from, from producer to consumer. Um, so uh, over those six weeks uh, I started at, at Neil's Yard Dairy, of course, in London. Um, uh, I spent a couple of weeks at Mons after that in France. Um, I, from there, I did go to Picard uh, and to a couple of shops in Nancy, uh, and then kind of made my way up to Fort Saint Antoine, uh, Marcel Petit, in the Jura. Um, I spent about a week in Paris, and that was really visiting several shops. Um, uh, you know, that all kind of do their own, own version of affinage. Uh, Who did you I see there? Uh, in, in Paris, um, yeah. I got to spend some time at Laurent Dubois. Uh, he has three shops. Um, Throughout Paris, uh, you know they're very interesting. They do a lot of direct sourcing from farmers, um, you know, which was which was somewhat unique, um, you know, for a shop of that size. I would say. Um, I also got to spend some time at Marie Catron, um, you know, sure. the sort of legend, <laughs> um, a legendary cheesemonger. Um, That's a great shop. I've been was. in there. Yeah, it was nice, and the the people there were great. They reminded me in a lot of ways of just you know, American cheese. 
fishmongers, just young and <laughs> ambitious, um, having a lot of fun, you know, uh, behind the counter. Um, so that was that was nice. It was kind of familiar in a way. Um, but then also to see their caves and you know to see all of the cheese moving through that shop was was great too. And it must have been interesting for you um, to see the difference between uh, between affinage uh, done on you know done on the store level, uh, which a lot of times is cheese care. And I remember uh, when I spoke to you last year, you had come you, know, you came through uh, Formaggio, and they have caves there. Oh, I wanted to mention you, know, you got back to back Formaggio alumnus winners in, on the line today, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, they, right, absolutely. You guys, <laughs> they, they grow grow good cheesemongers up there in Boston. You know, That's right. That, I mean, uh, it's the water. Yeah, it is. <laughs> The dirty water. <laughs> um, it must have been really interesting for you to see the difference between uh, like affinage on a, on a shop level and then someplace like Picard or Mons that take all of that, uh, the, the cheeses at a very young age and really finish them. Um, and I was wondering you know, if you could maybe get to expound on the difference that you saw there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, and this is kind of, um, you know, this is something I thought about a lot because I think a lot of it. Uh, you know, I know there's debate about affinage, you know, and what actually counts as affinage. You know, I think there is a bit of a, a semantic debate uh, just over the word. Um, and, of course, you know, um, things that happen, you know, the way a cheese is, is cared for early in its life is going to be a lot different uh, than the way it's cared for, you know, right before it's sold. Um, Absolutely. You know, and I think even some of the cheesemakers I talked to, you know, said, well, you know, it's not affinage if you're not caring for the cheese when it's, you know, at its at its fussiest, you know, right right out of the brine. And, you know, that's anything else is not really affinage. Um, you know, and, I, and I, I understand that. I understand that point of view. Um, I think... I think the thing that really struck me in seeing, you know, this, this range of, of, of different affinors and different, uh, you know, folks who are, who are caring for these cheeses at, at different stages um, is just at every, you know, at every stage there was such attention to detail. You know, even uh, if these were shops that were sort of caring for cheese right before, Right before they went out the door to a customer, you know, to them it was still very important. They took they took very seriously the role that they had in making sure there was no you know gap in quality, no break in quality right. between when the cheese left the producer and when it got to the consumer. Um, they all you know they had these caves. They they worked in them every day. Um, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't just for show. <laughs> you know, I think that's a, um, yeah. one fellow I visited, Jacques Dubelot. You know, who I, I know is is known to people in the U.S. Uh-huh. You know, his his caves are in his parents' house. That's crazy. Um, across town, you know, so it's not even like his customers can see them. <laughs> you know, um, but it's still it's it's where he is every day. You know, caring for these cheeses. So um, I, I think that was just an interesting thing for me to see, and a way for me to kind of tie all of these different kinds of experiences together. Um, well, that's the, the, the thing is, when you, when you speak about affinage or, or having a cheese cave in your cheese shop, uh, and is it necessary, I think, is, a, is something that is up for, it's not up for debate, but it's, it depends on the shop. So you have a shop sure. like, like mine, and Tom, feel free to, to jump in with your opinions. Like shop like, like Italy, like we move so much product, but we still do cheese care. You know, we take the cheese, we take it out of the boxes that it comes in. Sometimes we wrap it in, you know, we wrap it in, in paper that needs to be wrapped in. We take care of the rinds, we scrape it down, but it all goes out the door so fast. We don't need a cheese cave, you know. Right. Maybe right. we needed one not at the shop, but I think that other stores that get cheese, um, 
and they aren't in maybe in control of the lots that they get or they don't know exactly what they're when they're getting it in what stage it might make sense for them to be able to incubate the cheese a little bit and maybe you saw that when you were there right no i definitely agree i mean i don't you know i i you know um i don't believe everybody needs a cave in their shop and i guess by the same token i would say just because you have a cave doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna you know your cheese is going to be better (laughs) necessarily right i mean i think a lot of it is sort of you know the attention that you're paying to the cheese um the the level of relationship that you have with your producers right knowing knowing what you're getting i mean and that was that was huge for everybody I met in Europe, you know, having that kind of relationship um, from, of course, from the larger offenors, uh all the way to the shops, you know, they all stress that, you know, as being, as being really critical. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's true that a lot of it is just sort of figuring out what your mission is, um, you know, and how, how you're going to achieve that. Um, and if it is, Maybe it is having a cave. Maybe it is figuring out sort of, you know, different um, different climates in in your walk-in or different climates in your cheese case. Or as you said, you know, wrapping cheeses, uh, you know, doing the triage when the cheese comes in. Just kind of having having that sort of direct contact with what you're working with um, and ensuring that you know that what you're selling is as good as it can be. So, and from all of that experience, what do you what's what is um, what are you going to be able to give back? You know, when you get here, you know, what what were you able to take from all of that that you're going to be able to, you know, you're going to be able to transpo transport into your job at Tomales Bay and, and and going forward as a as a professional, you know? Yeah, what, it's it's a good question. I, I you know I can't speak um, I can't yet speak specifically for <laughs> for Tomales Bay Foods. It's something we've been talking about for sure. It's a little different here, as you know, because we're we're a distributor. Um, I mean, we we have, obviously we have shops. You know, uh, we have two shops, but um, you know, the work that I do is mostly on the distribution side. Um, you know, I I, um, I look forward to kind of talking about uh, you know about these topics more. I think I think that we do get very focused on sort of what is affinage. Um, you know, is a cave really necessary? Um, you know, and these are definitely legitimate questions. Um, to me, sort of the, you know, the thing that I've been thinking about most is, you know, again, um, what if, you know, what if you can't have a cave, right? How do you still incorporate some of these... these Cheese care. Exactly. These techniques, this way of thinking into what you do. Um, if you if you do have the wherewithal to have a cave, great. You know, <laughs> I have I have lots of notes on that, <laughs> and um, you know, uh, sort of specific things that that these folks were doing. Um, you know, but I would say along with that, I think just the idea of um, cheese care, as you said, um, you know, and sort of how to make that happen uh, in your space is something that you know that really interests me. Well, it sounds like your journey, like any really great uh, introspective journey, uh, raised more questions for you, which is pretty awesome. Exactly. And I think uh, yeah. probably one of the goals of the uh, of the scholarship itself is to get you out there and asking more questions and uh, learning just enough to know that you know that you don't know <laughs> and you right, can, right. and getting out there. I had one other uh, nuts and bolts question for you, and uh, and I think it's a uh, it'll become. It's it's pertinent. Had you ever been on the road that long in Europe? Had you ever like traveled that long for for your job? You know, for, for, um, because it's a, it's a grind out there. I mean, it's fun. It's, it's hell to be out there, but it's different. 
It's true. Let's see. So I, I have that, that trip matched the, the previous, my, my previous record for, for time on the road. Six weeks is about as long as I have uh, traveled in Europe before at any one time. Um, and yes, it, it was a lot. Um, I was largely by myself for, for most of the time, which was, you know, which was a different thing for me. Yeah. Um, but I will say at the end, I, I could have kept going. Yeah, you could never come back, right? Just keep going. Because like you said, I mean, it really was just every place it was, I have more questions. You know, I have more questions. I have more that I would like to see. That's great. So... um, So, yeah, it was it was a lot of work, um, but but, you know, the best the best kind, I think. No, it is at that's travel. And and, I mean, I think that, you know, Tom, I'm sure you're itching to get down and get get and, you know, get the hell out of the country and start traveling and digging your uh, your claws into what you want to learn and all the questions you have to ask. You have to ask, too. Um, So we're going to take a little bit of a break. Uh, Emily, thanks for sharing uh, your experience with us. But why don't you stay on the line because we're going to ask some questions. And uh, we'll be right back to talk to Tom about his upcoming journey. There, it's Steve Jenkins. I'm with Fairway Markets. White Leghorn, Red Wattle, Bourbon Red, Navajo Churro. Well, these aren't names you're likely to hear at a Fairway butcher counter or any other counter today, but before the rise of factory farming, you would have. And at Heritage Foods USA, you still do. Heritage Foods USA exists to promote genetic diversity, small family farms, and a fully traceable food supply. You see, we believe the best way to help a family farmer is to buy from them. And Heritage Foods is honored to represent a network of family farmers and artisanal producers whose work presents an immeasurable gift to our food system and to biodiversity. The meat we celebrate, whether it's Heritage Turkey, Japanese Steaks, Berkshire Pork, or Navajo Churro Lamb Chops is the righteous kind from healthy animals of sound genetics that have been treated humanely and allowed to pursue their natural instincts. It's a simple fact. Animals raised according to this philosophy taste better. And as we like to say, you have to eat them to save them. Visit us at HeritageFoodsUSA.com for more information. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd. We just had a nice little uh, commercial there by Steve Jenkins. I'm going to definitely get Steve in here to yell at me for a half an hour if I can, um, as he is prone to do, uh, yell at me and call me names, which is I I couldn't enjoy more, let me tell you. Uh, You guys can hear that commercial, right? Hello? Yeah. Okay, good. (laughs) I just want to make sure. (laughs) Um, So in part one, uh, we talked to Emily about her journey, and that was pretty awesome. Um, And uh, it just uh, made me itchy to get back over to Europe. I'm going to head over to Bra in a little bit, and uh, hopefully I'll uh, get that travel bug out of me too. But I want to switch over to to talk to Tom, and uh, again, congrats. So when you were sitting there listening to Emily talk, did uh, was that was that getting your uh, you know your uh, your gears going up there about, about what you're going to do when you get over there? 
Well, yeah, uh, I emailed Emily a couple of days ago saying we need to talk about uh, a couple of places that you went to that I'm also interested in visiting. So um, but I, I've been planning almost since, uh, like, as soon as I got home from Providence uh, at ACF. Um, I started, I was able to have some really good conversations there, uh, and that really got my, my, my thought process flowing, um, and also, you know, building on, you know, personal relationships and, uh, setting up future play dates, as I've been calling them. Play dates. Uh, yeah. So. So I was wondering if you could tell us, just tell us about, like, yourself and your journey to applying. Like, did the other applicants inspire you? I mean, there's the obvious, I mean, you, you know, getting money to travel and the nut, like, so the nuts and bolts of it. But what, what really got, hooked you into to wanting to apply for this scholarship? And what was your original plan? So uh, I, uh, I always wanted to apply. Uh, the one thing that held me up was the one requirement that you be a, a, an ACS membership uh, a member. And uh, unfortunately, I, I was not one until uh, this year through uh, the, the uh, business membership with Potash Markets here in Chicago. Um, but, uh, you know, when I found out about it, I was, you know, I was like, this is great. You get to travel. You get to learn about cheese. Yeah. You get to tell everybody about it. Um, and I've always had this question in my mind, like, what did American cheese taste like before, you know, we had commercial starter cultures? Um, and that's part of, that was basically the one question that got this ball rolling. And, you know, my, my, my vision, in case you're not familiar with it, is to um, investigate um, how our European counterparts uh, track down and harness uh, the, the, the microbial cultures that they're using in their PDO cheeses, specifically uh, Comte. Um, uh, at one of the play dates I already have uh, set up is uh, with the Barber family and the West Country of England, uh, who, who, according to lore, that I guess what would be the grandfathers, the great-grandfathers, stole their cultures off the back of a truck during a health scare in England. And those cultures have essentially been propagated and are used in the best cheddars or, that, that we have today, including Keynes and Montgomery's. So, um, you know, the, the fact that everybody's been so generous uh, already, like we're like, what, 10 days out of ACS, um, it, it, it is very heartening and it speaks to uh, the, you know, uh, amity that a lot of people held towards Daphne. Um, and, you know, want to share with people that are, are working on her behalf. Yeah, it sounds so you're both a cheesemaker and a cheesemonger. So it sounds like both of those guys are going to be traveling to Europe, you know, to uh, to learn. And that's going to be interesting for you. I remember you telling me the story uh, of the Barber family or briefly when we talked at the ACS as it's all coming back to me now. As that uh, <laughs> that whirlwind. Um, that's a really specific. Uh, that's a really specific uh, uh, goal. Are you uh, you prepared? So you're gonna you're gonna start in England and uh, and you're gonna work your way out from there. Odds are, I'm actually gonna start in the continent. Um, it's just a matter of nailing down dates and when's gonna work for everybody. Um, I'd like to visit uh, some Comte producers. Um, I've already been in touch with Comte USA and. Uh, Rachel Jewell from Essex Tees has already uh, been nice enough to reach out to uh, to uh, uh, Marcel Petit. Um, and um, I've talked with Jonathan Richardson from Columbia. 
um, and Adam Oskowitz as well about uh, connecting me with uh, some of their producers, uh, specific uh, in particular Walter Ross, because uh, he went from a system of being highly regimented in his uh, cultural uh, or, or culture requirements to you know creating more of a, a, a wild cultural eco- ecosystem developed at home. So, and so what? Um, so, so when you want to. When you you're going to take those, what what is what's your end if you have one and it might come to you? What's your what's your goal or what what do we, you want to bring that back in order to improve American uh, cheese making or to give uh, to give younger cheesemakers a better understanding of ancient process and uh, and the cultures used? What do you think in there? Well, I, I think uh, what, what what I'd ultimately like to, to happen, and it's a very long process. Uh, if, if you have the opportunity to read my vision, I mean, it's set twenty years in the future. Uh, nailing down cultural uh, starter cultures and adjunct cultures uh, is a very long process. Uh, fortunately, we have you know a, a lot of kind of back research uh, from our European counterparts and how to develop those. Um, uh, and you know, obviously, technology has improved leaps and bounds in the fifty some odd years since they really nailed them down. And if anybody listening has you know any information or uh, I'm completely off base. Uh, do not hesitate to reach out to me. Um, but um, it's, I've got it, like it, six it, callers it, on the line who are ready to refute <laughs> all of the things you've said already. I mean, it's the most I've right. ever had. No. <laughs> so so what, what I'd like us to do is essentially develop our own native culture. Uh, that, that's the dream. Uh, uh, you know, you know I, I was sent a 135-page uh, uh, document on how Wisconsin was trying to develop uh, a PDO for the driftless region, uh, but then it just it, it lost uh, some funding and uh, it lost a little bit of steam. And also, you know, microbiological diversity like varies from pasture to pasture. Never mind like a, a broad scope of a region, uh, which is great. But I mean, it's it, 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 it's incredibly daunting and com- complex for for us to nail all down. But there have got to be some great native cultures that we're not aware of or that we're not taking advantage of uh, to form truly American original cheeses. Yeah, that's fantastic. And that is, you got it. I think um, you have to take the long view and that's the point of the, of the scholarship is to get you out there and into ask, into asking yourself more questions. I think it always just comes and it's always going to come down to more, to more questions, right? I mean, it's never, you're never going to be, you're never going to find the one answer that you're looking for, Jim? No, and, and even from, you know, immediately after I submitted to, uh, you know, getting to ACS, I mean, it, it just, you know, I thought I had a very clear path in where I'm going to be going, but in, in reality, there, there are easily five different paths uh, in, in, in the way I can go, and I, uh, the best piece of advice I got was from uh, Bronwyn at uh, Neil's Yard. She said, just be open, listen to everybody, and once you're able to breathe, uh, reflect on that data, and it'll all become clear, and you'll you'll find a way to tie it all together and pr- produce a cohesive, uh, uh, you know, presentation. So uh, I'm just being very open-minded about this topic, and I didn't realize how many people were into this until um, I started talking to people. I thought this was something only I cared about. Um, but to have so many people that are obviously interested in this in, in our industry it, it is astounding and it's heartwarming and it, it, it is just 
incredible. That's awesome. This is Emily Acosta, by the way. When I heard you, um, when I, hey, how's it going? Um, when I heard you, uh, up there, uh, giving your acceptance speech at ACS, I was so happy for you. And I was, when you, um, mentioned your topic, I was fascinated. So I can't wait to hear your presentation next year in Des Moines, <laughs> but I actually, I know. Me too. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, I was actually wondering, have you traveled for cheese before? Um, have you done a trip um, like this? Not internationally. I mean, I've definitely traveled for cheese domestically. I've uh, made a number of buying trips up to the cellars at Jasper Hill um, and just would visit cheesemakers um, a lot. But internationally, other than, like, kind of happenstance, like, oh, look, a tea shop, um, um, not really. So the, this, this will be a nice new adventure uh, uh, to put in the log. Yeah, that's – I'm – just about to go on my cheese journey to France on September 3rd. And I've never traveled internationally for cheese purposes. So I'm very excited, but I'm also really nervous <laughs> for some reason. I'm like, ah. I know. But is there something that you're most excited about for your trip abroad? Or like, I know it's still in the planning stages, but is there one thing that you're like, I have to go there and I have to do this? The the one thing that like, e- even though like it's, you know, tangential to the research and is more a side benefit and, you know, it is being able to do a shift at Neil's yard. Um, that is, uh, what I'm excited the most the about. Uh, it's something yeah. that I've, uh, you know, dreamed about or thought about for, for years. Um, and, you know, Jason Hines has been very, and James and the whole crew have been very generous and, and, and welcoming. And, you know, I just can't wait to, and behind their counter. Um, but I, I'm also looking forward to talking to a lot of people that are very passionate about this topic. Um, and, and, you know, the, Mary Quick and um, has been very excited and is looking forward to having me there. So it, 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 it's been going great already. That's great. Um, but, yeah. Um, Emily, other Emily, how are you? <laughs> How's it going? Um, I was wondering if you had any advice for Tom. I'm sure that you have given Tom plenty of advice already, but um, advice for Tom, advice for the rest of us who are going to travel for cheese or want to travel for cheese. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, uh, you know, I, I think having an idea in your head of, you know, what it is that you want to see and what you want to do, having those questions. But also, as Tom kind of alluded to, you know, being open to any possibility because, you know, it's, it's never going to go exactly the way that you, that you think it's going to. Um, and that's, that's good. You know, you're going to find something else that you, you weren't even thinking about, you know, that is, that is of interest, um, or you're going to have an opportunity to go to this place that wasn't even on your radar before. Um, so I think being being open to um, all of those things that come up naturally as you travel um, are just are very important. Um, you know, practically speaking, too, I would say language is um, you know brushing <laughs> yeah, up a little bit French? on some on some key words. If you don't you know if you don't speak the actual language of the place you're visiting, <laughs> you that's, know it, it doesn't hurt. That's uh, the thing I'm actually words. nervous about. I'm terrible with yeah. like I can't speak French. Just don't run out of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that sounds so stupid, but you just money will get you out of any of your problems. All right. So you, yeah. <laughs> I know that sounds bad. But I've traveled a lot 
And uh, as long as I had a few euros in my pocket, uh, I knew I could always get a meal or a glass of wine or talk to people that I didn't expect would inspire me or uh, along the road and those journeys. I see. I would argue that uh, going to Neil's yard and working a ship on the counter isn't tangential to your, I, that is your experience. I mean, you're a cheesemonger, you know? So I, I think that you'll get so much out of that and just being able to handle the cheese in a way that's familiar to you. Uh, it's going to inspire you and make you ask questions. You know what I mean? So I right think, on. I think that that's a, that's a right on way to look at it. You know what I mean? Because you're, you're in there to some really heady stuff, you know? I mean, and so the simplicity of putting a knife, you know, through the paste of some <laughs> right. cheese is going to feel pretty good to you, you know? And uh, might center right. you a little bit when you're, um, when you're on your journey, especially if it's the first long journey of its kind that you're going to make, if I could throw that out there mm-hmm. to you, you know? Well, um, uh, familiarity of just handling cheese and, uh, you know, handing it over to the customer is going to be quite the relief, I, I am sure. And, it, and then, Emily, and I, I don't know if you like that. That's what I – whenever I traveled or whenever I've gone to, to Europe or anywhere else, and what – the people change, but the cheese is always the cheese. You know what I mean? And I know it sounds like kind of foolish, but um, the smell of it and the and the the handling of it, the smell of the caves and the counters, and uh, and all of the places that you'll be uh, will be what you know. All those like sensory things will will just that that'll just keep you right there. Do you know what I mean? Get you through any any um, tough spots in your in your road, or that always helped me out when I travel. Yeah. You know, I think it's very true. Cool. Yeah, man. Well, I want to thank uh, all of the folks that have been in. I'm, I'm sometimes a lonely man in the booth here, uh, but I have Emily with me, Acosta. Thank you, and, and thank you, Emily Sharton and Tom, for your time today. Um, congrats on your journey, Emily, and congrats on your upcoming journey, Tom. And uh, this is our last show of the season. Uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break. So I want to thank um, Liz, our Yay, engineer, Liz. who's the best, <laughs> who uh, keeps me in line and tells me what time it is when I, I need to shut up. And, and actually, <laughs> when we're back in September, uh, the Heritage Radio Network, heritageradionetwork.org, we're going to have an amazing new website. We just yeah. had this meeting where we... Um, so uh, for all you listeners, if you want to engage with us, ask us questions, if you have any show ideas, um, if you want to participate in any episodes, that can all be done through our new website. So it's going to be awesome. Um, and it's being launched uh, at the end of September, mid-September. Whenever they get it together. Yeah. It's coming together. <laughs> so thanks a lot. And uh, you guys have great trips and then the like. And uh, we'll be back soon with more Cutting the Curd. Ciao. Thank you, guys. listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>